everyone. Uh, welcome to episode two. I'm a little under the weather, so I've actually got my tea today. But uh, Paul, nice to see you today. How are you doing? Excellent, excellent. Got a uh, lovely s a winter day. It's uh, it's actually sunny and about 60 degrees here in San Francisco, so pretty happy. Oh, very nice. Well, it's cloudy and about 30, and we're going to get snow. So, you know, more like winter, I guess. <laughs> Um, all right, so this week uh, our topic is CX strategy, uh, but before we get into that, I uh, wanted to maybe kick off with a new segment uh, being the second episode that we have. Uh, we're going to call it CX in the News, so a lot of news going on these days, um, and as a way to distract us from all the political news, trying to look into what's, the, uh, what's going on in the CX world, so... I actually saw a couple of articles recently about uh, the airlines, uh, the domestic airlines here in the U.S., American, United, uh, essentially providing alternative options, if you will, um, where you're either paying for bin space now or on American, they're actually offering a whole new ticket fare that is the middle seat that you don't get to check in until right before your flight and you don't get a bin space. Um, I think they titled it, you know, is this the Titanic with their third class? I <laughs> uh, wanted to see what your thoughts were um, as it relates to, you know, what's what's happening in this in the space here. Yeah, yeah, you know, it doesn't that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad experience, you know. So so much of that is about setting expectations with people and um, you know and who you are with a, a as a company. I do think companies get lost. And and off track in chasing bad profits, um, mm. and and often a lot of the nickeling and diming that that airlines do like this, I think is all about bad profits. Again, if your if your promise is we're the friendly skies and we're the you know we're 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 a high end kind of thing, and then you have all of this kind of stuff that undermines who you are uh, at, at its essence, you know that those those things are bad profits, and you you end up losing customers and so forth. But again, if you know, if that's what your shtick is, and then you know you're all about saving money, lowest costs, no frills, getting rid of the things that customers don't want, and that's your that's your promise out there. Fantastic. I don't think that necessarily has to be a bad experience, or customers hate it. So, perfect. Well, I would say, well, sorry. Just, Go just ahead. Companies, companies, be cautious. Yeah. So, with that said, great segue into our topic for the for the week, which is CX strategy. Um, you know, I think it's kind of potentially an ominous term for a lot of folks out there. You know, strategy can be kind of a messy thing. Um, but, uh, you know, you talking about, well, who the, who is the, who, what does the company want to be? Who do they want to be? What's their shtick, if you will? Um, so, you know, why don't I, uh, just kick it off with, well, what the heck is a CX strategy? Um, and, and really how is it different than an or organization strategy? You know, you hear there's an org strategy out there. Um, and if we bring up CX strategy, well, is it a whole new org strategy? What is it? Yeah. Excellent. Um, I think a company strategy has, or I'm sorry, a customer experience strategy, I think has three components to it. Okay. Um, the first really is that tie with the company strategy and who you want to be. So I, I use it as, as an example. Consider Costco, consider Apple. 
two companies that consistently provide an amazing experience um, as rated by their customers. Um, they're always at the top of Forrester's customer experience index or Temkin's index. Mm -hmm. But you couldn't find two different sorts of experiences. Self-service, low prices, $1.50 hot dogs uh, and, and a large Coke and fries when you, when you leave. Um, Apple, the genius bar, high-end, high-touch um, kind, kind of service, hot, super glossy uh, building that you walk into, very, mm -hmm. very high-tech and innovative. The problem that people get into, uh, or many companies get into, is, is trying to imitate a Costco or trying to imitate an Apple. If I'm an Apple, the last thing in the world I'm probably doing is offering $1.50 hot dogs and a large Coke as you leave. It's not part of their value proposition. Maybe the sous vide, you know, this new uh, <laughs> water cooking type of thing, right? With yep. what I could control with my app, with my Apple phone um, app, that would be appropriate, maybe you know, from a from an Apple Store perspective, but not you know the, the hot dog and so forth. But it's completely applicable to Costco. So there's a complete, yeah. there's a very different set of activities. There's a different engagement system. There's a different type of experience that you might um, intentionally design for Costco versus Apple. So the north, there's a North Star component. That's number one, which is in, in, integrally tied to who we want to be as a company, what our value proposition, who are our target customers, what's our engagement strategy as a whole. Mm -hmm. So number one, just identifying that North Star. Okay. Number two is revolves around if I want to consistently deliver customer experiences, I have to set a create a set of capabilities, a voice of the customer program. I may not even be listening to customers and be able to do anything with data, may not have that centralized anywhere, so it's a little bit of the blind man of the elephant. So there's a piece of any customer experience leader in setting up a customer experience strategy has to say, what do I have in terms of mature a mature discipline of, 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 of creating customer experiences and what kinds of capabilities do I need to put in place? And given my kind of organization, what should I do first, second, and third, right? How do I execute mm -hmm. on building a capability, design? Uh, you know, there are certain companies that are saying, hey, we want to be a design company, and we have to build that design capability, and that could be in-house, that could be, I'm going to go hire a uh, Cap One, uh, went out and bought Adaptive Path, one of the bigger design firms, uh, customer experience design firms out there. That was their strategy. So build, how do I build those capabilities? That's number two. Number three is, this year or for the next 18 months, how am I going to improve the customer experience? What mm -hmm. projects, what um, efforts, what initiatives overall am I going to do, do it? And so any given company can't spend three years building capabilities and can't be, you know, devising and figuring out what their strategy is. At some point, you got to be executing, and there's probably a lot of things right. that you can do in low-hanging fruit. So that would be, a, I would say, a third part of what any customer experience leader is trying to do is what's that execution plan in the next 18 months to at least start building the improving the needle while I build capability perhaps you know coming in early stage once or probably focusing on part three first and then realize oh I gotta go back to part one because um, I haven't I actually don't know what my North Star is I, I'm trying to be all things to all people and trying to solve for price issues as well as quality issues as well as innovation and every other um, shiny object that's out there got it got it that's great information so you start talking about the North Star 
Um, so maybe we can go a little bit deeper into, you know, what are the components of a North Star? Um, how, how do we help organizations uh, define one? Um, and, and really, what's the ultimate goal or how do you use that going forward? Yeah, so, you know, a piece of defining that North Star is coming right back to the company and brand strategy is who are you as a company? And I, I find companies often lack even a coherent company strategy. They have mm -hmm. a lot, they use segmentation as a way of serving all customers, but there's no clear prioritization. So I, I like to look in, you know, have you defined who your target customers and prioritize them and not just segment them, but truly prioritize them. Mm -hmm unless you've got a different kind of brand strategy, right? There is, um, I typically use a Porter Porter uh, or Michael Tracy model for looking at kind of core company strategies. You're either competing on price, you're competing on product innovation, or you could be competing in, on intimacy within a segment. Mm -hmm. Again, what, where a lot of companies, you know, make mistakes are, are um, segmenting their customers and saying, okay, I'm going after all of my, all, any, everyone who fogs the mirror, I'm just segmenting them in different ways. Folks like Starwood have a really great segmentation strategy, but it's very tied to their brand. The Westin is a super different experience than, um, than the W Hotel, mm -hmm. right? Based on a, a, a niche, an intimacy for that. I, I'm, I'm unfortunate. I, I just had an experience with a, a Marriott uh, property called Moxie. Okay. Um, I went there. Super horrible experience for me mm -hmm. personally. It was totally geared towards, you know, walked in and it's uh, uh, pool tables and a bar. It's a super hipster environment. <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm too old for this. <laughs> I just wanted to get out of there. But right excellent, excellent experience. If I were in their target audience, I, I made the mistake as a customer, but they executed great. So again, you know, they, they're being unapologetic in their segmentation, but it's tied to a brand strategy. Mm -hmm. So it's very clear what you get uh, 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 coming in. So I, we, I spend a lot of time with companies just defining who are you as a company? Who are your target customers? What is your value proposition? Are there unique things that in your delivery mechanism of that, how does that then impact my engagement? How do how do mm -hmm. I want to impact? How do I want to engage? If I'm a low cost leader, I'm probably much more around a high touch self service than you know perhaps a Nordstrom, which is a high high interpersonal touch. Right. And I may want to be empowering my employees with technology rather than pure self-service, right? A totally different way of thinking about even your, your digital assets and your kind of technology, you know, what you would what you would invest in from a technology perspective. So those are the kinds of things that I'm, uh, you know, ultimately it's about what kind of experience are you guys trying to create right. relative to anything else that's out there. Yeah, so I know I've gone through, um, in terms of helping our customers do that, I've got an opportunity to go through our North Star uh, visioning session. Um, there are a couple of key exercises that go through and, and, and outline, um, you know, or, or work through what you just talked about. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about the workshop and how when, when we're talking with clients and prospects, right, what are some of those questions that we're asking them as to identify if they have one of these and then how do we kind of, you know, and then walking through the workshop itself, what are some of those key pieces to it? 
Yeah, probably the thing, I mean, probably the most effective thing, um, and many of my colleagues, many of our colleagues are, 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 you know, have heard my broken record over and over, but I think one of those really early, easy conversations to have is, you know, what, about what kind of experience do you have? And there's that trade-up structure, right? Mm-hmm. You can use any, any number of industries. Do you want to be, you know, the day, the, day, uh, the, the Motel 6 with the days in versus a Marriott versus, you know, a... a uh, uh, a Ritz Carlton, mm-hmm. right? There's this trade-up structure in a lot of different industries around where you want to compete and what do you want to um, 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 compete as. In the workshop, we often, you know, do a, an exercise really early around, you know, either Porter's model. So I show Porter's mm-hmm. model and ask where where do you want to be. Um, there's a similar sort of exercise, um, and, and by the way, that exercise is fantastic with a group of executives because they never agree on exactly where they want to be or where they are today versus where they want to go. Um, it can raise a lot of rat holes because they, I guarantee you 90% of the companies that I work with can't answer that question very well. And that that's wow. problematic from a customer experience leader's perspective. Yeah, Company can't decide you're going to be caught in the middle. So you need to put a stakeholder in terms of what you're going after. Um, another really great exercise that I use is, 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 a, is a kind of a mashup. Um, companies do this all of the time. We want, uh, I was just working with the dental payer and, and, you know, their old one was we wanted to be the Cadillac of dental payer, of dental insurance. Fantastic. Cadillac may be a little bit old, but maybe that's right. your target, right? But, <laughs> but that notion of the mashup of who do you want to be that's respected out in the broader set of industries for your specific industry. And that could be really, really powerful as well of saying, do I really want to be at, you know, Amazon competes in a very, very different way than, than an Apple competes, right? Mm-hmm. For, you know, you look at the Fire versus an iPad. Right. Um, they are just different for a different kind of audience. So, so you know, that that can be a very effective exercise. Um, we then we often use um, something called, and this evolved from Southwest Airlines used this as a tool, as a tool. So um, it was a it was a great tool. So a number of people are doing it. It's called it feels it means. The it feels piece is really walking in the customer's shoes and saying, look, in this world where social media, word of mouth is really important. Mm-hmm. What kind of experience do you want it to feel like from the customer's experience? What words would they say? What words would you love to hear them saying if they're giving an overview of your company on social media or in Facebook or in a review? You know, if you could pick two or three words that would, you know, you want them to say what what would that ideally look like relative to your brand, your company, what you what you're trying to do? So the it feels side is an exercise of of projecting out the future and under, and and defining very explicitly what does your experience feel like from the customer's perspective. The other side it means is almost is a setup for internal guiding principles. Hmm. As we do our work internally. What does it mean that we do to deliver an experience that will make customers feel a particular way and talk about it? So that's the exercise. And they're really two, two different. One is a very um, outside-in perspective, walking in those customers' shoes. The other one is, okay, internally, now what do we need to do? So super exercise. Again, Southwest Airlines, um, and there's a number of companies um, that have, have, have done it and variations on the theme a lot of companies have guiding principles but those are mm-hmm. that's at least a starting point for for setting up that that kind of you know here's what here's what we want to be right so you bring up the outside in versus the inside out perspective and 
One thing I'm curious, and we actually had a prospect uh, that was asking us this question, or at least in their mind, when they were talking about they needed to define a North Star or brand promise, but they essentially were asking us to survey customers um, what should their brand promise be. And I kind of, you know, went back with them and said, well, the whole point of the brand promise is really what you're putting out there and you can't be everything to everyone. So yes, maybe validate it with them and it informs it, but it, it's not driving it. What do you think about that? I always, I always go back and forth. It's a chicken and the egg, right? It's what do customers want? What do, having being tapped into the marketplace and understanding what customers want and value. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the first part, right? I, but right. Then I have, you know, do I start with a hypothesis and go test it, or I'm listening and I'm testing stuff, and I I understand what I can be in a in a marketplace. So I I think it's you know in in, in this world you know in the, or I should say there's so much going on with agile and agile transformation. Part of that is completely tied to strategy. In the old world, I could have a strategy and it was a five-year or a 10-year long kind of thing. The marketplace changes so quickly. And so if I'm listening, that ought to give me signals for opportunity of how my strategy should shift. But I always have to have a a, a hypothesis that I'm going out and testing and a point of view of a value proposition that I think is going to make me money in the marketplace and serve a customer need. So I think it's you know it's it's constantly a uh, an iterative type of thing. Mm-hmm. I love it when come you know our workshop, especially if I'm doing it in a day, is a completely hypothesis building kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I would never say stop there. I would say take that you know and again right. from the dental pair that recently, we we had the hypothesis and then we went actually out and surveyed customers to find out how you know were we were we on track. So we asked those the three words. And how are we, you know, we wanted to benchmark it. We wanted to actually see if it mattered and it, how, how strongly it correlated with, you know, a, a, a net promoter was our KPI that we decided on, mm-hmm. uh, customer experience KPI. Um, and so we were correlating, trying to find out how much of this is really driving net promoter. Interesting. And we learned some interesting things, right? It's, yeah. You know, partly, it was partly true and there were some other things that we hadn't thought about that were important to customers. So um, I, I would say any company that's doing a brand refresh, great opportunity to, to, to kind of say, I, I want to do that brand refresh, but I also want to think about the execution of that. And mm-hmm. so don't come back with a brand that's completely, you know, all things to all people and I can't execute on. But, you know, often in, often in any kind of brand refresh, there's a, there's a, a research element. If I can piggyback off of that or a company has got that the resources to do some research up front to identify a strategy, fabulous. I'm all for it. Awesome. Uh, let's see. So I think you, you, know, you kind of mentioned companies used to create these strategies that were five, ten years out, but we're living in this hyper-motion world now. Um, you know, and when companies are coming to us and asking, hey, we want you to help us build a strategy – what's kind of the time frame that you're thinking these activities should take place in? Is it, is it five years? Is it three years? Is it, you know, 18 months? What, you know, based on the way the world is going, what's, what are you seeing? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think companies by and large have, have, it's fascinating using a customer lens, using customer experience as a lens or the customer perspective, this outside in lens, when you look at strategies, because when you look at corporate strategies, 
they often are, are couched in, we're going to expand our markets in X, Y, Z kind of place. We're going to dominate in a particular area. We're going to have new products. Mm -hmm. None of those things really are that ex inspiring from a customer's <laughs> perspective, right? right? Or for that matter, for many employees. There are companies that are elevating that strategic intent to a higher level purpose. Um, you know, Disney does a great job. We want to bring magic, you know, right. uh, I'm not getting it entirely correctly. Right. But it's about, you know, the best 30 minutes of a child's day for their retail stores. Yep. Um, IBM has done a really, you know, has done some really interesting things over the years of elevating. It's not about the servers or the hardware or all of these kinds of things. It's about a smarter planet mm -hmm. or, you know, some of these other, um, uh, I'm forgetting what they're, you know, they've had a, a campaign on for a while around, um, IQ or intelligence, I, I, I'm, I'm spacing on it. But they've done a really nice job of elevating from the products and services and markets to a higher purpose that people can relate to. Mm -hmm. And that also gives you flexibility. You know, I look back at the, you know, the, the debacles that we've had or the companies gone out of business. As long as I'm, the, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a camera or the film company, I miss that higher level purpose of what you're trying to do is capture and share memories. Mm -hmm. Right, Snapchat comes along and there's a billion dollar business or a right. multi-billion dollar business that the film industry completely misses because they're focused on film as opposed to that higher purpose. So I think, oh, you know, raising that strategy to a higher level purpose or that North Star mm -hmm. helps you then constantly adapt on a regular basis as new capabilities. How do I help? create a smarter planet or capture people's memories as those, as you know, as again, as those new capabilities. And that way your strategy both has a, a, a more enduring sense mm -hmm. to it, but it's also adaptable so that I am adapting it on a, on a constant basis as, as my customers change as capabilities change. Right. So the idea being that North star, you're still, you know, the, it's still the heart of the strategy. The strategy is built around that and you, in an almost agile way, you're continually, continuously you updating your strategy based on, again, what that core is, what you want to be, uh, what, exactly. what experience you want to provide, but then how do we actually execute on it and build around it? You got it. Absolutely. Cool. Excellent. Well, um, I think this was, you know, a lot of great information about CX strategy overall. Um, you know, I guess the last question is, how does this tie back into our 2017, you know, go-to-market messaging? I think specifically in our overarching messaging, which is helping clients adapt at the, uh, you know, to, to keep up with the pace of change. You know, how does how does us bringing a CX strategy to that organization help set up that organization for success? Yeah, so I think in a couple, you know, we've got it. We're, we're moving towards an issue-based issue, issue -based consulting. Um, as you said, some of this agile transformation and moving at the at the speed of startups, if you will, is, <laughs> is, is important. Without having a North Star and a sense of per that higher level purpose and who we are, um, you can move quickly to no end. I could be chasing all <laughs> sorts of, you know, right? Shiny right. objects. There's a thousand yep. shiny objects and I could be really, really quick about, you know, um, putting AI or, you know, yep. these ver these bots, you know, using Alexa out there. Squirrel. Literally the question, right? The, the question becomes to what end? 
what is valuable from my customer's perspective? Am I constantly testing and getting close to customers so that I understand it? So building some of that listening capability and the and, and moreover the ability to actually on, on a dime develop something maybe in Alexa, but then test it with customers and see if they care. Mm -hmm. um, most companies don't have that ability, so the, the idea of, of user testing or, or customer you know customer testing you know is a months long project while I recruit customers. Well, you can build that capability into it as it so you can request a, a follow me home, a field research, you know, a product manager to put something in front of a customer. Request have be connected with a customer in two days. That's incredible. Wow. By the end of the week, I could actually have feedback on a prototype in front of customers at a low res. Absolutely. That's a capability you've got to build over time. So, so again, you know, the strategy from who we are to building the capability to what are we doing mm -hmm. are all tied into this agile kind of perspective. Having a, a North Star is all about employee engagement, too. There's a changing workforce. How do I apply all of this stuff and really mm -hmm. make sure my employees know what I'm up to? And how am I empowering them to actually deliver on that engagement strategy I've talked about? Um, yeah, um, am, I, am I communicating with them? Am I enabling them with the tools uh, in the right way relative to the strategy? So I think you know that strategy will be a nice layer on you know all of the various different issues that we you know as we go you know as we go through 2017 that we're trying to uh, 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 that we're trying to bring out to our our client base. Awesome, that's that's great. I think uh, that, yeah, I think you hit it on the head, and I think uh, it's kind of that foundation to be able to move forward and really come back to as you're going through uh, whatever it is that organizations are trying to execute on. So yeah. um, great. Excellent. Well, Paul, appreciate the time catching up. Um, this was a lot of great information, I think, for our teams. Uh, cheers. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, catch up next week. Uh, I think we were going to dive a little bit more into what are some of those core CX competencies that uh, you need to be able to build and mature upon to, to start executing on your strategies. So uh, I think a lot of great stuff to come. So have a great rest of the day. And everyone, thank you for checking out our latest episode on CX Strategy and looking forward to bringing you some more uh, CX greatness here uh, next week. So we'll see you then. Take care. Have a good weekend. See you next week. See you. Have a great weekend.